I will now invite Ananda to lead the guided meditation. <coughs> Thank you, Ariel, and uh, welcome, everyone, and good to see quite a few known faces, and it's always uh, happy to see the known faces, and especially when you speak. Thank you for coming. And uh, before we start, I think I must say, uh, I noticed that how, what a difficult task this, organizing these things, when Ariel wanted, had to change the dates, so she contacted me and then we, I agreed to do it from my original date was 13th October, so uh, they are doing a great job in organizing these things, so I first thank Ariel and uh, Sandra uh, SCG, that is Spiritual Education Group, who is uh, spearheading these things. And of course, the AV team, uh, the volunteers, and the administration staff, uh, caretakers, all of them, much merit to them for organizing these things. So Sandra and Ariel both are here today. And uh, having done that, um, may I please know whether there are any newcomers to Dhammaloka meditation? Any first timers? Please. Ah, good, good. Anyone? Else? Uh, two? Uh, anyone? Okay, three. That's great. Excellent. So then we'll start from right from the beginning. So, <laughs> and uh, what we will do is I will speak for a few minutes, maybe five, six minutes, and then I will uh, do the guided meditation. Thereafter, I will be silent for probably for last 10, 15 minutes. Uh, so, <clears throat> it's 7.36, 7.35, so we will be running a little bit, five to ten minutes late. That is okay, Ariel, yeah. And uh, so, let's find out. This is Buddhist meditation. Why do we meditate? I think the first thing we need to know what is the purpose of meditation? Because we spend a fair bit of time, and as Sajan Brahm says, doing nothing, and busy doing nothing. So, and also first, uh, I, miss, I must say, you, you will hear, continue to hear what you have already heard here from Ajahn Brahm and Ajahn Brahmali. I have been around them for 30 years here, and uh, so it is, uh, the, could be repetition of some of those things. I've been thoroughly brainwashed by them, so uh, it is uh, what you have already heard, you will continue to hear. So I think it is the way Buddhist practice, because repetition, if you look at the suttas, that is uh, everything is repeated a couple of times, in, at least in each sutta, so every sutta. And uh, so why do we meditate? It is main, uh, the most proximate uh, cause of meditating is to calm our mind. That is the nearest reason, the most proximate, uh, calm our mind. So we all know that the mind, when the mind is calm, we, we feel very happy. And uh, rather than with an agitated mind, our calm, when our mind is calm, we feel happy. Our body will be relaxed. So body and mind will work together uh, when the mind is calm. We will, uh, of course, that is the nearest reason, 
But Buddha said, calm mind will let us see things as they are. Because through generations, we know Buddha said that we have been reborn, dying, reborn, dying, reborn, dying, getting, getting born, dying, continuously for unimaginable period of time. And Buddha said in the Sangyukta Nikaya, uh, Anamathagavagga uh, Sangyukta, 20 Suttas, that we can't see a beginning of this life cycle, which is called sansara. So it has been happening for, for an unimaginable period of time. All that time we have been accumulating a lot of defilements and also a lot of good, wholesome qualities as well. But because of this conditioned existence over trillions of years, trillions of lifetimes, we see things differently. We see things differently because our perceptions are distorted. Buddha called them sanya vipallasa. Because of these distorted perceptions, we see happiness and suffering, permanency as impermanent, impermanence as permanent, and we take an illusory self within us. This illusory self is the problem case. So because of that, we cannot see the truth, what the Buddha discoursed to the world. We'll see that later on, what it is. So that is the reason why we meditate. And for meditation to, in a sutta title, Bhikkhu Sutta, actually Ajahn Brahm uh, wrote in an article about this sutta, uh, Sangyukta Nikaya 47, sutta number three, from memory, yes. And uh, Buddha said, for our practice to be on the right track, there are two very important things. What are they? Right view and our virtues. So if we get those two right, if we are morally upright, and if our view is straightened, not affected by these conditioned phenomena, then we are on the right track. So one of the problems that happen in meditation is uh, the thoughts. The thoughts, the unending stream of thoughts. And the reason we can see from those two factors, if we are all the time uh, thinking about satisfying our sensual desires, going out in the world, looking for music festivals, when is the cricket match, when is the footy game, then our mind will be running towards that. So those are the taps that bring this fodder for these thoughts. These thoughts don't happen just for nothing. Those are the causes. So Ajahn Brahm has said, when you sit down to meditate, Everyone, I think you may recall that the Ajahn simile of thousand petal lotus. Thousand petal lotus in that simile, the lotus flower blooms when the sun comes up. And it gets energy from the sun in two ways. One is the warmth of the sun, other one is the light of the sun. So that warmth and the light energize the 
the bud and gradually all these petals start opening. So Ajahn Brahm equates that to the kindness is the warmth and the kindness is the warmth and the uh, mindfulness is the light. Uh, there is a special announcement. I will make it straight away. Uh, inside lights are still on in Toyota Yaris one uh, HKC zero thirty two one HKC zero three two. Inside lights are on, so you may want to go and uh, switch them off. <laughs> okay, thank you. Don't feel uh, shy or anything, but it happens. Uh, all right. So, warmth, the sun's warmth, like is the, our kindness, and light is our mindfulness. So, when we combine these two, uh, kindness to us and kindness to mindfulness, uh, on whatever that we are doing, especially at the time of meditation, that will help us calm our mind and get the meditation right on track. Uh, how can we be kind to us and to our mind? The best thing is leave them as it is. Leave the mind as it is. Don't give orders. We will care for it. And that brings me to Ajahn's uh, Emperor's three questions. What is the best time now? So don't, we will not run back to the past. And Buddha, Buddha said that in the Baddhekaratta uh, Sutta in Majjhimunikai 131. And uh, don't run back to the past. Don't bring the future here. Future is unborn. The past is dead. So stay in the present moment. That is the best time. And who is the most important or what is the most important? The thing that is in front of me, in front of us, each individual. And when we are meditating, whatever that meditation object, whatever that comes up, so we will care for that, whatever that comes up. And what to do? Care, what is the best thing to do? And also Ajahn Brahmali says that sit as if you are a passenger on the train. And you just sit and let the world pass by. And the passing by world could be your thoughts, could be your thoughts. So we will let them come, we will not label them, we will not analyze them, they will come and go, just like the clouds passing on the sky. So uh, that is what about little uh, guidance words on meditation. So we will start, if you are already seated, please check your posture. And Buddha said, stretch your legs for a half a minute if you need. And uh, you could sit on a chair, sit on a cushion. And in Buddhist meditation, two ways of meditating. Sitting meditation, please come in. Uh, sitting meditation and uh, walking meditation. Walking meditation, sitting meditation, sitting. You could sit on a posture. And uh, there is no right or wrong posture, whatever that suits your body. 
and that when that uh, posture is right if possible we'll try to maintain but if there is any ache or pain quietly silently you can change the posture all right now i will speak for probably about maybe 10 minutes guided meditation could be less and uh, we will do what is called the body scan and buddha recommended this in a number of sutta satipatthana sutta majjhima nikaya 10 and kayagata satisutta majjhima nikaya 119 and uh, the these are the references but as you come those who are used to this tamaloka meditation ajan brahm always this that as well so we'll start from the this is where i am used to but please feel free to continue the anyway that you are used to i'm used to starting from the right foot and even though there is no specific posture recommended always ajan brahm says good to have a smile on the face so that we are starting on the right foot happy note happy mind and uh, feel the toes wriggling uh, and then the back foot back of the foot the heel top of the foot ankles just be aware nothing else just be aware if there is any ache or pain just be aware and pass through and then if you like you can spend a little bit more time on the areas where there is any pain or anything and we are moving on the shin bone along the calf muscle along the side muscles onto the knee right knee on the thigh muscles along the thigh muscles towards the buttock and then we are on to the left foot toes you can wriggle the toes and feel it and actually i'm doing it that and so back foot the heel top of the left foot ankles shin bone calf muscle on the left leg side muscles the knee left knee these knees have been bearing our weights and helping us go from place to place thigh muscles and now i feel the left buttock and balancing the buttocks on the cushion and i normally move along the side of the back left back first going up towards the arm fit left right side towards the arm fit and then left of the back right side of the back slowly slowly no hurry and um, middle of the back spinal cord canal 
and we are coming up along the back, feeling the shoulders, right shoulder, left shoulder, stretch the shoulders. When you stretch the shoulders, you will feel relaxed. If it is not relaxing, scrunch and then let go the shoulders and back of the neck, front of the neck, ears, hair on the head, top of the head, forehead, eyebrows, eyes, giving, actually we are giving loving kindness to our own body. Nostrils, face, we are relaxing, when we smile we relax those muscles, muscles are relaxing. <clears throat> and uh, down the neck, front of the neck, going down on the left side of the front, chest area, heart, on the right side, lungs, diaphragm, Contents of the stomach, spleen, mesentery, liver, biles, urinary tracts, bowels, then we will feel the relaxing body. Feel the warmth of our heart. Again, on the shoulders, going down the left arm, elbows, lower arm, the wrist, palm, fingers, nails, on the right arm, going down, elbow, right elbow, lower arm, the wrist, fingers, palm, Feel the whole body as one unit. Feel the delight coming from this 
relax body. Buddha has said number of places when the body is relaxed, the mind will be relaxing. Mind, a relaxed mind will in turn relax the body. If there is any area where there is any even slight ache or pain, just get to that spot and offer loving kindness, the metta. Passing metta to oneself is a meritorious deed. This body has been looking after conventional me, the other four aspects of my personality, feeling, perception, choices, or the will and the consciousness. So grateful to the body for supporting the mind. going to be silent now, probably for 10 minutes, and uh, when we come to the end, I will ring the bell. On the third ring of the bell, you may open the eyes, and if you wish to continue to close your eyes and wait, listen to the talk, that's very good as well. So. Let's meditate by ourselves for about 10 minutes. <coughs> One more thing, think about your coming here, your own generous act of coming here today. If there are any thoughts, one of the meditation subjects that Buddha recommended is your own generosity how we have been generous today, yesterday, this week, last week, and coming here itself. If there are disturbing thoughts, direct your thoughts, direct your mind to your generous acts. Coming here itself is a generous act. So with that, I will stay silent now.
as there are some newcomers new to the meditation don't chase the breath let the breath come to you if there are thoughts don't worry let them pass through just be aware of the breath wherever you feel it wherever the sensation of the breath is felt be aware of that sensation that's all right here right now just the breath
we are coming to the end of the meditation please take a minute or so to review your meditation what worked what didn't how we are feeling now are we a little bit more peaceful than when we started and if so what are the causes there are the data coming from the meditation which we can use for our future meditations at home here yeah so i will ring the bell now wait for the third ring will come back to the present moment and uh, so please feel free to stretch your legs stand up if you wish thank you ananda before the talk i will give a more detailed introduction to our speaker tonight as you can see he has been a dedicated buddhist scholar Uh, he was born in Sri Lanka into a Buddhist family and he frequented the village temple with his father from a very young age yet he came to practice meditation only after meeting the then Ajahn Jagaro and Ajahn Brahm around 1987 he has been meditating for about 25 years and considers Ajahn Brahm Ajahn Brahmali and Bhante Sujato as his spiritual teachers and guides. He and his family started visiting Bodhiyana and Dhammaloka regularly in 1991 and he served as the committee member of the Buddhist Society in 1996 and as treasurer in 2010 and more recently as secretary in 2022. He has also contributed to the Buddhist communities overseas in various ways and is a student of early Buddhist texts from the Tripitaka relying mostly on Bhante Sujato's English translations on the suttacentral.com also Dhammaloka Sutta classes and sutta retreats at Jana Grove are a staple He gratefully acknowledges the support received from his family who go to great lengths to help support his practice. Thank you Ananda. Thank you very much Ariel. Thank you very much for that nice introduction and then uh, we will start the talk and uh, you all have selected a very nice theme for this year's rains I think Sandra and SCG and uh, all of you together I guess you came up with this. So when we say turning points turning points is the theme i think turning points so where did we turn from to get where we are here now i think that's the way i'm going to look at this uh, talk so we are here right here now because this is the 50th year of our buddhist society here and so uh, to turn things it has to turn either from a place or from a time somewhere back So let's see 
where we, how did we get here? It's the Buddhist society, so there are two things. One is Buddhist, other one is society. So how did the Buddhist, word Buddhist come about? It's because of the starting point we have to say when the young Prince Siddhartha was born 2612 years ago in a place called Lumbini in the middle land of India. So that is the point from where all these things started to turn in our favor. We are very fortunate here because we have these centers, we have fantastic Sangha, both male and female. So they are doing, guiding us. So how did we get here? And the next turning point is this Prince Siddhartha, who was born into a royal family in uh, Kapilavastu, Sakyan clan. And he, his father wanted him to, the soothsayers said either he will become an uh, all-conquering emperor, a righteous king, or a Sammasambuddha, that is the fully perfected enlightened being. Because there were no enlightened beings at that time, but various uh, religious teachers were claiming themselves to be enlightened beings, but people knew that uh, there was really no enlightened being in the world. Dhamma was non-existent. But the awareness of the need to end suffering has been there in India at that time. That is why it is called the right place Jambudipa in Pali, name of India at that time. So uh, that is the luxury place. And, uh, but for our good fortune, things started to turn. One day when this young prince went out, he saw a man walking with very difficulty. So he asked his charioteer, what is wrong with that man? So the charioteer said, sir, he is unwell. Unwell? What do you mean by unwell? This young prince did not know. So he started thinking, am I going to be sick? Charioteer said, of course. You will fall sick. Following day, he saw an old man. Why he is walking so slowly? He has become old. I don't think I'll become old. <laughs> no, charioteer said, no, sir, you will be old one day. And then he saw following day, maybe after a few days, a dead person, people carrying on a briar, a coffin. He was shocked, never knew, because his previous life was in the Tusita um, heaven, uh, Tusita Devaloka, heavenly abode, and millions of years in that place. And uh, he was so disappointed that the life is not going to be like this. Fortunately, he saw a hermit, an ascetic, who has given up the lay life, and then he saw this very peaceful person, not sure whether male or female, whatever it is, he saw this. He asked, who is that person? Looks very peaceful. 
then the charioteer name is chan actually his name was chan he became an arahant he later on he became part of the buddha's retinue and he uh, explained then prince siddhartha thought that's the way i want to be i don't want to suffer strictly the penny dropped and he left that very luxury life in the palace and he had a wife few weeks old son he thought no i can't be saddled with these obligations he was 29 years and he left of course he practiced with the teachers who were considered to be good spiritual teachers at that time in india they were mostly on ascetic practices going into self mortification he practiced all that in a sutta title subsequently when he became the buddha he gave all the i will come to that later in a sutta title mahasihanad sutta this is from memory majjhimani kaya 12 number 12 and he said there is no one on this earth who has ever mortified the body like me and feel really sorry what he has gone through it's very in very detail in that sutta tears come to your eyes when you because the boys who have been looking after he was lying down even as the buddha he had back pains it was as a result of that Uh, ascetic practices he has been lying on a rock at 12 o'clock in the summer 12 o'clock midnight looking up with very little clothes and uh, he has stopped eating only a very little bit of lentil soup a day and these boys who have been looking after cowherds uh, have been urinating in his mouth and uh, throwing stones into his mouth so that is the level of suffering he has gone through to find this truth but it didn't work because he has been practicing this for some time and previous lives he was there is a sutta called gatikara sutta majjhimanikaya 81 and in that sutta buddha tells us about one of his previous lives under the previous buddha kasapa there have been buddhas in the past uh, so many buddhas and previous the buddha previous to our buddha that is gotama buddha is named kasapa and under that buddha he has been practicing as a monk as well he was his name was gatikara and um, so he has been practicing and then when he was a very young boy he has practiced meditation under the rose apple tree and he got into jhana you know what we ajan ram is teaching us jhana that is the highest level of samadhi highest level of meditation attainment and then he thought my goodness this is the way not to crucify the body not to mortify the body not to inflict some suffering on this body let that is the happy way that is the peaceful path so he gave up all these 
ascetic practice, not all these ascetic practices, self-mortification, he started eating. There were five monks who were looking after him, but he thought this prince, uh, the, uh, hermit has given up. He has started to eat, so he left him. But next turning point, he attained the Buddhahood about 2,560 odd years ago under the Bodhi tree, he found the truth. And he found the truth, but he thought this truth is so sublime, people are into sensuality, the world is filled with sensual pressures, they'll find it difficult to understand the suffering they will, people will find it difficult to fathom that actually this existence is suffering, that actually there is no self, that these are impermanent conditioned things, that these are leading to suffering, and there is no self, there is no essence, there is no controlling effect, entity in us. So he thought, I will chill out. That's what Dajan Brahmali says. Buddha thought, I will just chill out my time. Then, one of his previous uh, associates in a previous life, he was in a very high uh, divine uh, heavenly realm, and uh, Sahampati, Brahma, he came and said, Sir, please, uh, please teach. There are people with less dust in the eyes. So he started to, he thought he will start teaching. And then he started to find where these five ascetics and thought he will teach them. And he walked from Buddha Gaya to uh, Varanasi, Baranasi now it is called, uh, Migadaya, Isipatana. He walked three, over 300 kilometers. There wouldn't have been roads. He could have gone by psychic powers, but he walked. And then he preached to the, he gave the Dhamma talk, first Dhamma talk to those five ascetics. And uh, first sutta was spoken by Buddha at Migadaya to these five ascetics. It is titled Dhamma Chakka Pavatthana Sutta. He bestowed on the world the Four Noble Truths and the Noble Eightfold Path. That's the next turning point. So we have been taking the world, when I say world, we, or these are the turning points that we started and then we have been coming through the uh, Buddhism came to Sri Lanka about 2000 years ago, great Tarahan Mahinda Mahatero, and uh, behind him, and one more thing, very important thing, the introduction of the Bhikkhuni ordination, Mahaprajapati Gautami. It's the opening the door for the females. At that time, during Buddha's time, Buddha himself established the bhikkhuni ordination. So, uh, these are the turning points. Things have been turning in our favor. So, and then from Sri Lanka, Buddhism spread to other parts of the world. And in Perth, Around 1982, as I understand, a group formed themselves into this Buddhist society. And uh, 
after a short while, they thought they need to get a good monk. Actually, I think the one of the ladies, as far as I know, there is only one member from that group, still surviving, still living, and that person is here. I met uh, that person today, and I don't have permission to <laughs> mention her name, so please don't ask. And, uh, and uh, she said they went, about five or six people went to Thailand, and they have visited a number of monasteries, and only Ajahn Chah promised to send a monk to Perth, she said. And they were very surprised when they went to the airport to meet Ajahn Jagaro and another monk called Venerable Puriso. They were the two monks who came here first to help the Buddhist society. And because Ajahn Jagaro was already the head monk at Ajahn Watpa Nanachat, and they were very happy to see him. And second monk was Venerable Puriso, an Australian monk. And uh, it turned again. Venerable Puriso, for whatever the reasons, after a short while, went back to Thailand. Who was the replacement? Anyone knows? Our own Najan Brahm. That's the, that's the turning point. That's the turning point for of us. And uh, I met the person who, um, who went to meet Ajahn Brahm at the, when he first came. I met him at one of the retreats, one of Ajahn's retreats. Uh, his name is John. He said he lives in Manjura. And uh, now, and he said he was so happy to see Ajahn. He said he waited, waited, waited. And he said Ajahn was the last to disembark. Because he has waited and given time everyone else to leave the plane and he was the last to come. He said he thought at that time we are going to be in good hands. And we have been truly in good hands. And he has guided us. He has changed our lives. He has changed the way that uh, all these things, I think, is they are the outcomes. So that is the turning point. Now, things have turned in our favor. Let's see how we can turn these turning points into bonus points <laughs> for our own benefit. Though things are there, if you are not making use of them, what's the purpose? So, let's see how we can uh, use them for our own benefit. The benefit is to, purpose of Buddhism is to achieve happiness, end suffering. And... Uh, Buddha said in that sutta, what uh, he gave, Dhammachakpavatana sutta, that whole existence is suffering. Rebirth is suffering. Jati, uh, jara, marana. Old age is suffering. Uh, death is suffering. Not getting what you want is suffering. Combine, joining those who, are, who you don't like. Piehi vipa yoga. Apyehi Sampayogo, that is uh, not meeting what you like. They are all suffering, he said in short. These five aggregates, what he called, he called a person, five aggregates. He split the person into five components and five aggregates, uh, Upadana, Kanda, 
and Panchaskanda. Be, these are the things that is these five aggregates form, that is the physical body, feelings, Vedana, perception, sanya, and uh, sankhara, choices or will, and the consciousness, which is the jnana. These are the five components that we take as self. There is no self. These are conditioned phenomena that is changing all the time. So, uh, Buddha said, how we can, in that sutta, he gave the Noble Eightfold Path and said, by following the Noble Eightfold Path, we can end the suffering. End the suffering attached to this five components, these five components. So on that path, it is an eightfold path, on that path, the five components, uh, there are a number of suttas, so many suttas that describe these uh, five components, and it is our, Buddha's words are chandiraga, Lust and desire, lust and desire, we hold these things as ours. We own, we, we beautify our body. We think my thoughts are the best thoughts. We thought the way I see is the only way. We thought my intentions are the, in, they are all mine. Because we have been conditioned to consider all these things as my own. So, Buddha said, there is no nothing called I, mine, or myself. So that is what we are trying to, through this path, it's sometimes difficult to accept, it's challenging, it's very, uh, uh, sometimes would be going against the grain, and we sometimes don't want to see the truth. But Buddha said, if you can meditate and get to the samadhi, then you can uh, see the truth and end the suffering. And when we meditate, and when we meditate, we get this non-unending stream of thoughts. What is the cause of those thoughts? Buddha said, nivarana or hindrances. There are five hindrances. These are the problems that are binding us to this sansara, going from one life to another. What are the five hindrances? Uh, sensual desire, ill will, Dullness and drowsiness, uh, restless and remorselessness, and the doubt. These five things, Buddha said, because of these five things, we are going around in the sansara, and if we can pacify these five things, then we would be making an effort to end our suffering. On those five hindrances, Buddha 
said they all they are all nourished by different uh, nutrients would they call them ahara the food or nutrients uh, on kama kamachand means uh, sensual desire sensual desire is always we are looking at the beauty sign of beauty because we are looking at from the point of view of looking at beauty of everything we are getting attached to the sensual world the sight seen by the eyes sounds heard by the ears taste tasted by the tongue smells through the nose touches by the body and the thoughts of the mind so these six mind we can leave for the moment five sensual uh, feelings fortify increase and bind us to this sansara so that is where the problem is so we have to our effort has to be minimize the veracity of these hindrances and for a lay person buddha said best way is to practice the five precepts simple five precepts and in the sutta title pancha vera by sutta again in the sankirtan nikaya he said someone who is practicing the five precepts we don't need to go too far the five precepts i think all of us know the five precepts not killing any living beings not stealing refraining from sexual misconduct not lying and not drinking alcohol or drugs that affect the mind so he said if this is if these five precepts are practiced properly that will open the path so that is the way to freedom salvation nibbana five precepts we should not underestimate the value of five precepts in another sutta buddha said the heavenly beings those who are keeping the five precepts and those who use their wealth for the benefit of others in other words the generosity devas devas are the deities heavenly beings look after you simply the five precepts simply the five precepts these five precepts if you maintain them we the five precepts in that same sutta i think buddha said if you maintain the five precepts uninterrupted and then you have the confidence in the buddha dhamma and sangha then that is you are almost there at the first level of sainthood which is called the stream entry so that's a not difficult it's not difficult it's that is the five precepts that we have to practice and of course we may not have we been able to practice all five precepts due to whatever the reason 
and in every sutta what the Buddha says is they stop killing. He never said they have never been killing. In every sutta they stop killing. They stop stealing. They stop sexual misconduct. They stop lying. They stop alcoholic drink. I still remember the time and the date that I last broke I precept. It was on the around four o'clock on 24th December 1994. <laughs> I thought this is my last drink. That's it. So, and uh, we haven't, we have not been born saints. And so we have made mistakes. But the important thing is how to realize it and then make a commitment that we shall continue in the right path. And there is a very nice sutta, how to dilute past bad deeds, how to eliminate past bad deeds. Number of sutta like that, Buddha has discussed. This is called the Lonakapalla Sutta, Anguttara Nikaya Book 3, number 100. Number 100. And Buddha says, and he gives a very nice simile. Lonakapalla means the salt crystal. He says that if you dissolve a salt crystal in a small glass of water, large salt crystal, the water will be still salty. You can't drink. But if you, same salt crystal, if you dissolve in a bucket of, he used the word Ganges river, but even in the bucket of water, that saltiness will be gone. Salt crystal symbolizes the bad deeds. Bucket of water is a lot of good deed. If we continue to do a lot of good deeds, we are diluting those, just the way that we are diluting the salt. We are diluting and getting rid of it. And he gave a very nice another explanation on this sutta. Nothing has changed from that time. He said, this will be only for those who have doing some sort of practice but broke some precepts on the way. He said for those who have a developed body, developed mind, developed sila, develops virtue, and bahula panyaya develop wisdom. So those four things, if we have been practicing to develop those four things, Sutta number is Anguttara Nikaya, book 3, number 100. And uh, for, because those are capable people, he gave a very nice simile to explain this point. He said, if someone steals large amount of money even, gold that time, or cows, and if he has contact, if he's a powerful person in that society, he said he will escape. No prison. Nothing has changed, has it? <coughs> if he has contacts, he will not go to. He said in the same way. Then he said, if someone, poor person, steals a loaf of bread, no contacts, nothing, the king will put him in the jail. Nothing has changed, has it? Nothing has changed all these 2,600 years. 
And he said, similarly, if someone who has the powers of these four things develop body, that means develop body means we are not being slave to just the pleasant feelings. We know that they are impermanent, they are suffering, they are non-self. They are not being attached to, we are not being attached to the body. We are not being attached to the pleasant people, uh, feelings arising out of the body. So we, that is what is meant by the developed body. Developed mind is that we have samadhi, that we have developed our samatha meditation. We have looked at vipassana through our samatha meditation. Vipassana is that part of developed body. Samatha is the uh, developed mind. Develops virtue. Our sila is unbroken. It is pure. And it is, uh, we are helping others through our wealth. And develop panya is, we are seeing things as they are. At least we are seeing and we are making an effort to see things as they are. So, if we are practicing like that, don't worry at all. Buddha gives the, Buddha gives the guarantee that nothing to worry. He says in another sutta called Bayabhiriya Sutta, Fear and dread, don't panic. Don't panic. Openings are there. A number of sutta like this, where Buddha gives this guarantee. In a sutta, another sutta, he says, last paragraph on the Alagaddu Upan Sutta, Majjhavanikaya 22, and he says, if you have just a uh, um, If you just have the faith in me, that is the Buddha, if you just have the faith in me, if you just have the love for me, you will not go to a bad place after death. Going up to heavenly places. So these are guarantees from the Buddha for our practice and these are the things that we have to look at and uh, and when we talk about five precepts Buddha gave another absolutely fantastic I'm saying every sutta is fantastic <laughs> and uh, and uh, one of the other turning points which I missed was uh, Bhante Sujaso's Sutta Central you know it's a huge turning point for us they are all there in English, in Sinhalese, in Pali, in Portuguese, in Malaysian, in uh, whatever the language, 30 odd languages. So we can read this sutta, we can understand for ourselves. We don't have to go anywhere. Suttacentral.net, that's all you need to know. Sutta. All my knowledge, I started reading sutta 10 years ago, that's all. Probably 12 years ago. Bhante Sujato is the one who put me on to suttas. At uh, his first ever weekend retreat at Janagrove, and I was sitting right at the back at Janagrove, right back wall, and I said, Bhante, I knew him as young uh, Venerable Sujato here, he was here at Bodhinyana. So he, I asked him, is it necessary to read Sutta? He said, Ananda, you will get closer to the Buddha. It was fantastically truthful statement. Because Buddha himself said to Vakkali, Venerable Vakkali, uh, Yodamang Pasati, Somang Pasati. 
That is, one who sees the Dhamma sees me. So, by reading sutras, we see the Buddha. By seeing the Buddha, we see the Dhamma. So, uh, in that sutta, I said fantastic sutta, Velama Sutta, Angutra Nikaya, Book 9, uh, number is uh, 20. Buddha says that he was a very, very, very absolutely, fantastically rich Brahmin in a previous life. And he said, what and what things this Brahmin has donated. And he has donated unbelievably an ocean of things. I, I think I printed that little bit, but I'm running short of time. And I wouldn't read that book, uh, Angutra Nikai, book 9, Sutta 20. Uh, when you read it, he has been giving, donating unbelievable things. And Buddha said, then having discoursed on that, then he said, I'm coming to this, how important five precepts. Then he said, number is last number. First one is 84,000 gold bowls filled with silver. Then he gave 84,000 chariots and 84,000 horses, 84,000 elephants. Last item was 8,400,000 items of food and various things. Then Buddha said, if someone is giving one thing to just to one stream enterer, that is much more merit than giving to that, giving all those billions of things just to one stream enterer. Then he said, it is much more merit giving to one one's returner, that is Sakudagami, than giving to one hundred stream enterers. So like that he went up, giving to non-returner, giving to an Arahan, giving to a Buddha, giving to a Pacheka Buddha, that is the Buddha who will not teach. There is another type of Buddha, no time to go into detail. And then he went and went and up, up, up. Then last one, the highest, highest merit is by practicing the perception of impermanence. He said if someone can practice perception of impermanence, even for the time that it takes to pull a cow's udder. I can see you are smiling that you have read that. So even for the time that it takes to pull a cow's udder away, for a very short period, that is very high merit. Then the one next below that is, if you can practice metta meditation, just for that time, for snapping your fingers, metta meditation, much, much higher than giving all that. Guess what the third thing is? Practicing five precepts. So he said, if you are, Buddha said, if you are practicing five precepts, the simple, humble, no cholesterol, five precepts. <laughs> Don't have to worry. Just the five precepts. Just being here and now. So that is the power of five precepts. Practicing five precepts will look after us. And uh, I mentioned about the divine beings and uh, uh, Buddha also told us that there are 31 
play uh, worlds that where sentient beings can be reborn into. And then he said, uh, out of these 31, four are very high. They are called Arupa, which is uh, uh, formless planes, very high. Unbelievable time you will spend there if you, those are the Arupa Jana. And then uh, 11 are in the sensual plane, that is our 15, and 16 are called uh, Rupa world, that is the uh, form planes. They are the higher Deva world. Out of the 11, four are bad destinations. Four are bad destinations. Hell, animal realm, ghost realm, and the Asuras, Titans. Those are the very bad realms. We don't want to be, we don't want to know about those things. Better not to know. There are suttas that explains, but I deliberately said only once, didn't go there. Every sutta I have read, I have read four or five times, but that one only once, I don't want to know. I'm saying, good to know, there is a thing like that, so we can stay away from them, but we don't have to harp on them. Ajahn Ram teaches the happiness, it's the happy path. And then, out of those eleven, four are bad, seven are good. One good place is human world. And the other six are heavenly world. But you don't need jhana to go to those six heavenly worlds. Buddha was in one of those worlds before he came to the human world. So, Buddha also gave a blueprint how to plan your rebirth. Now, we are all concerned where would we go? But he gave a very clear guidance. It is in a sutta call. Rebirth by intention, that is Bhikkhu Bodhi's translation is that name, Bhante Sujato's translation word is that name, the sutta is called Sankarupapati Sutta, Majjimanikai 120, Majjimanikai 120, Sankarupapati Sutta, Buddha gave five things to practice. In fact, I picked five groups of five things today, those are the five bonus points. And this is the biggest bonus point. And, of course, we are practicing to end our suffering, practicing to gain freedom, practicing to attain Nibbana, but it's always good to have the plan B. In case, not being attached, but have the second plan, sideline, and half a house. From, after practicing with Buddha Kasapa, we don't know where Buddha, our Buddha went, and but his one before the last life was in the Deva realm. Deva realm means deities, the divine abodes, uh, a heavenly realm he was in. So it's good to go there. They are good places. We can practice Buddhism. We can practice the path. And Buddha has given in number of sutta there are in there are in those heavenly realms, heavenly worlds, other. Deities called Brahmas, they come and give you Dhamma talks. So don't fear to go to these heavenly realms. Five things to practice. Sadda, Sila, Sutta. I will, I'm telling in Pali, I will give the translation, sorry. Sadda, Sila, Sutta, Chaga, Panya. Sadda is the confidence and the faith. Faith and the confidence in Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha. 
We have that, otherwise we wouldn't be here. We know Buddha is the perfectly enlightened. And we know the Dhamma is well spoken by the Buddha. We know that by following that path we can end all our suffering. We know that there are Arya Sangha, noble disciples, they are in our midst. We don't have to go too far. The gold mine is here in Western Australia. Where is it? Serpentine, Dhammasara, Bodhinyana Dhammasara. We don't have to go to coal mines to look for gold. But unfortunately, we keep going to coal mines to find gold and we get lost. <laughs> they are right here. We don't have to go anywhere. So, and Sadda, seal our virtue. If you maintain our five precepts, that box is ticked. Sadda, seal, that is confidence, and the virtue box is ticked by maintaining our five precepts unbroken. And then Sadda, seal, Sutta, Sutta is learning. Sutta Central is there. You don't have to go anywhere. You can come here on Saturdays, Sutta class, meditation. Tomorrow, Ajahn Ram is coming at uh, 3 o'clock, I think. 3 o'clock. And 3 o'clock, thanks, Sandra. And uh, thanks, Ariel. And uh, so, Sutta, learning. Learning and practicing. That is Sutta. Learning. Sadda, Srila, Sutta, Chaga. One of the four ways of letting go in the Dhamma Chakkapavattana Sutta, generosity. So we have to help those in need. People are dying. Children are finding it difficult to go to schools. In this world is shrouded in darkness. This world is full of poverty. There are monasteries, poor monasteries. Monks and nuns can't practice because the, after COVID especially. So practice generosity. If you get opportunities, don't give it up. Take it with both hands. And then, panya, develop the wisdom. Buddha says, what is the wisdom? Firstly, knowing the four noble truths. Just the intellectually knowing it. And then, practicing meditation. Buddha said, we have to see from ourselves. How do we see from within ourselves? Meditation, Samatha meditation, and then Samadhi. Even if we don't get to jhana stages, when the mind is clear, when you come out of it, we can see the truth. We can see that there is nothing here. We see it. It's, it's nothing magical. It's We see it, the body that Body has disappeared. One hour meditation has time has passed. You think half an hour time has passed. So that is, uh, okay, Panya, I'm running out of time. So I'm getting the message now and uh, running out of time. So what we will do is, that is, those are the five groups of five points. They are, I will just summarize it very quickly. I last one, I mentioned was how to plan your rebirth, five factors. And then before that we talked about nivarana, fancha nivarana, five hindrances. We talked about five precepts, gain five. We talked about uh, five hindrances, five precepts, five factors, uh, 
fire aggregates, fire components, physical components. Uh, and then one I didn't touch was, anyway, indirectly I have touched, five benefits of giving, five benefits of offering dana, giving. Buddha said, anyone who is offering, it's a little bit longer, but I'll quickly say that. Uh, uh, are you one? Uh, long life, beauty, are you one? Uh, bala, strength, are you one? Uh, bala, sukha. Um, uh, sorry, I'll repeat again. Um, long life, uh, correct me if, I'm, um, if I miss it. Long life, uh, beauty, strength, uh, strength, sukha, happiness, and patibano, that is eloquence. So if you want to give a Dhamma talk next time, <laughs> what to do? <laughs> okay. Give. Give until we hurt. That's the way to give. And in the Dhammapada, uh, Buddha said, if you are practicing uh, stanza 118, keep it doing and doing and doing. And also in the Dhammapada, I meant to say, there is another stanza number 173 that uh, what it says is, someone who has been doing bad deeds, when he stops those bad deeds, he illuminates this world in the same way that the full moon freed from the clouds. Fantastic uh, stanza. Yasa papa sakalanang kusalanang pidiyati, kusalasa pidiyati, so imang lokang pabaseti. Abba Mutto Chandima. With that, I end my uh, Dhamma talk and I hope this will be of use to you. And uh, if you need, we can open up for questions. Please feel free to ask any question relating to Dhamma, any question relating to today's Dhamma talk. Happy to answer, happy to give you the names of suttas or numbers, anyone wanting. And Please feel free to ask questions. Can be on any topic, anything on meditation, anything on. There is a mic uh, uh, coming up, so please feel free to ask any question or comment if you have any comment also. Please, please uh, feel free. Sandra has a question, Sandra. I think. Are there any questions? Um, yes, there's a I question at the back. I'll questions first and I'll tell you about the... Um, okay. And Buddha said, if you want to be intelligent next life, you got to ask questions. That's in Chula Kama Vibhanga Sutta Majjimanikai 135. <laughs> um, I was just wondering about the, um, uh, the med meditation um, and the word contemplation. Um, I think meditation, um, um, uh, when a thought does come up, we're, um, we're trying to uh, stop it or actually dealing with one thing from the start to finish. Like and cultivating that um, for, for, for the I just think that um, uh, meditation um, 
is contemplation, yes. And, uh, to, to, and co like uh, cultivating, sustaining uh, your attention on a fixed point. Um, and like uh, meditation is a tool. Uh, and um, uh, not for our own happiness, but for others. And, and when we go the way of others, uh, they're not surprised. <laughs> it helps ourselves. <laughs> there's, uh, it's, it's just, uh, there's some hindrances out there. And it's, um, it's very hard to... Um, put a finger on the absolute or, or relative uh. okay okay i get the i get the gist and uh, yeah it is um, meditation is uh, there is contemplation part of meditation but that is when we finish meditation when our mind is calm buddha gave what is called anusati uh, bhavana uh, five types If a thought comes up, uh, sometimes suppression, if we push it, it'll come up somewhere else. And uh, then that will never stop. And we, our intention for meditation would be for something to stop, possibly. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's all right. And the thoughts come up, that's natural, because we are conditioned to think. Because there's a balance of belief between uh, thinking it through and getting stuck and, 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 and get, uh, uh, taking the bait, and also taking the bait as in, oh, I don't want to, know, meaning we can't go this way, we can't go okay. that way. Okay, we, 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 the taking the bait, that is what we are used to, taking the bait. So we have been eating the bait, and there is a sutta called bait, Nivaapata Sutta in Majjhivanikaya. something comes up um, uh, sometimes there is a time for it to stop something there's a time to uh, I, I just meditation isn't ignorance and that I believe there's there should be more contemplation in, in there than what med the word meditation true 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 ways. yep 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 no that's fine that uh, you can contemplate you can contemplate uh, within meditation but preferably after and uh, we can go to it's, the it's next a, question. It's, a, um, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's, it's not an easy thing, but it's a not, not an easy thing either. It, it is not an easy thing, I agree. But it is an easy thing. <laughs> it is a simple thing, but not an easy thing. It is a simple thing, but not an easy thing. <laughs> You're right. you. Okay, thank you. Thanks for that question. Um, it's a really interesting question that you asked. Because um, I'll just come to the front so I can tell you all this thing at the same time. Sit next to Amanda. Um, I actually gave a talk on Tuesday night to the Armadale group, grappling with, um, you know, faith and reason. And, you know, what do you have faith in? And where does reason play a part? And I think we can, we can get ourselves awfully carried away trying to reason, like with an incessant mind. And exactly. But the the thing is, I think what happens is that we reason to such an extent that we end up reinforcing the self, and then we get horribly confused. So, so what I've found is that when you can, you know when you can drop below that reasoning and just have faith in the heart space and the, the depth within it becomes a bit easier. Easier said than done, but 
easier. But what I wanted to tell you about was, um, so BSWA are taking part in the 56 hours of meditation in support of the voice referendum. And what it is, is all of the faith groups are coming together this weekend. So there was a lovely ceremony at Wesley Church, I think, today. Um, I sat here for 56 minutes by myself this morning, but <laughs> I just wanted to let you know that what we're trying to do is engender a, a spirit of compassion and healing for the voice, not necessarily to push a particular position, but to offer our support. And I can tell you, it's, it's a powerful thing to sit in silence for 56 minutes, particularly in this Dharma Hall. I think it's one of the the strongest things you can do. So, if you're up for it, tomorrow, um, 10 to 11, um, Prem will be here, and you can come and sit with Prem in support. 12 to 1 will be Gita. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, let me get my words right. I have learnt from social media that this is very important. <laughs> so... By support, I mean offering that healing and compassion. That's what I mean. 3 to 3.56, Arjun Brahm will be here. He will sit in silent meditation. There will be no talk, no Q&A. It will be live streamed. Same as the monks did this morning. Sunday, same drill, 10 to 11, I'll be here. 11 to 12, Takeshi, 12 to 1, Gita, 3 to 4, Venerable Hugh Khan will come and visit us. She's amazing. Um, you would have seen her last Friday night. She's the abbess of Sanyata Zen Meditation Centre, or Tien, I think is how you say it in, um, in Vietnamese. So, so please come and join us. Um, sit in compassion, sit in healing. Thank you. Oh, you got a mic? I got a mic. We're all set. <laughs> and I think we're at if the, the. Okay, that's great. Sharing merits. Thank you. Yep, we are, yes, we, I think we share the merits of today's Dhamma talk with uh, uh, everyone who has helped run these programs here at Buddhist Society. Uh, of course, uh, Ariel is here, and Sandra is here, Bill, everyone is here, AV team, all of them, we share the merits with all of them. And we share the merits with uh, uh, Devas, all divine beings. We share the merits with all our departed relatives. Actually, it was my grandfather who took me to the temple, in the village temple, and he has helped me in uh, very many ways. So I think of all of them, and uh, all our teachers, or every beings everywhere, we say, may all beings be happy, may all beings be peaceful, may all beings attain Nibbana. May we also raise three sadhus for Ananda. Thank you so much for accommodating our schedule. Thank you for the illuminating talk. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you.
Sadhu. 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 Sadh